This is a special episode of the Forks Midtown podcast. Uh, I'm Brian Zhang. I lead the college ministry and I do adult education at Four Oaks Midtown. And this special episode is going to focus on a particular uh, movement or a particular ministry that we're involved with called Safe Families. And uh, we have Darlena Watson. Darlena is a member of our church. She's been working on this for a little over two years. So this has really been a labor of love for her. You might have heard us announce or talk about Safe Families so uh, this is something that's been building for a long time, and we're about to really dive into it. A lot of things are happening, and we're really grateful to have Darlena here to talk a little bit about it. And uh, so, Darlene, if you just want to give a little personal introduction uh, about yourself and just talk about how Safe Families kind of got onto your radar and became something that you became really passionate about. Absolutely. Thanks for having me today. So I started working with Safe Families, um, like you said, about two and a half years ago. It was a process for sure from the first time that I heard about Safe Families until the time that I made a commitment and said, yes, this is something that I'm fully in on, that I really think this is part of who I am. This is part of my DNA. I started having conversations with Susan Colligan. We were just having lunch one day and we would meet up and talk about different things that were happening at the church. And I asked her one day about Titus Homes because I was new to the area and never heard about some of these ministries. And she'd mentioned it in a previous conversation. And she said, you know, we're starting to move away from Titus Homes. And we've been looking at a new ministry called Safe Families for Children. Have you heard of it? And I said, no, I've never heard of that. Tell me more. What's this all about? And so she started telling me about how this ministry ministers to families that are in crisis and helps keep kids safe when families are kind of being torn apart by different types of crisis in their life. So the more I heard about this, the more I thought, wow, this is a really great idea. And, and then we had a lunch and learn at church one Sunday about a little over two years ago. Uh, and in that lunch and learn, Susan was presenting about Safe Families. And I remember leaving there thinking, this isn't just a good idea. This is a God idea. And that's when I started thinking, this isn't just for someone else to do. This isn't just for, for someone else to take part in. But this is something that I need to be involved with. So it was a process for sure over a number of months for me to come to that place where I said, okay, I want to be involved. And the first thing that I started thinking is, well, I can pray for this ministry. That's not a hard thing to do. I can pray for people to be part of a volunteer base, and I can pray for the people who are in crisis who need care. That's easy enough, and I have time for that. And then the more that I kept praying about it myself, the more I realized that God was calling me to something that was bigger than just praying. And prayer is very important, and it's still something that we need people to do, but we also need people to be involved in other ways. So the first thing that I came to after realizing, okay, there's something bigger here, is I started having conversations with people about what would it look like if I wanted to be a host family. I'm single. I, I live alone. I have no kids. I've never had kids. I, I don't know what I'm doing. Is this even something that I should be thinking about? It seemed kind of crazy to me. So I took it to my community group ladies, and we sat down and we talked one night, and they all said, you know what? We think this is a really great idea for you. If this is where God is leading you, then we're going to be 100% behind you. So I continued to pray about it and, and think about it, and then I got to that point where, yes, I want to be a host family. But now 
we're still in the process of launching and what's happening. I want to be a host family, but how are we going to get kids in? We're not launched with this ministry. So I kept talking to Susan Collian and she said, hey, I think you'd be great as the ministry lead. You have a passion for this. This is something that you can take hold of and be the voice for Four Oaks Midtown. So I prayed about it and I knew I was going to say yes, but I still <laughs> I took my time and, right. and I waited a little while before I, I said, yes, I'll be the ministry lead for, for Midtown. Um, and then as I continued working through all of this process, I realized there's still all these steps that need to be taken for the city for us to bring it into our, our city. So Susan and I talked again. She was on the community launch team. So she invited me to come and just be part of the community launch team. I didn't really have a purpose there. I was just kind of hanging out to hear what everyone else was doing. I was surrounded by different people from different churches that have the same passion, the same um, the same calling to see kids not harmed, to keep them out of the system. And I, as I began that conversation with them, I realized that this was a place where I could do the most good. So I started on the community launch team about two years ago now, and we've been working behind the scenes all over the city in different churches. We have seven participating churches with Safe Families. And we've been working to bring the ministry here, and it's been a slow process. It's been a difficult process, sometimes very tiring, exhausting, but God has been faithful in that. And we've we've come to the point where we've soft launched several times where we say, okay, we're ready to go. And then something happens, a roadblock comes up and we say, oh, well, that's not, this time is not the time. So last year, we were convinced that it was time for a soft launch. So we did a resource drive at Four Oaks Midtown, and we raised a lot of capital with different types of um, resources that people dropped off for babies, for teenagers. Uh, and so now we have a resource closet that's available for families that do want to host when the time comes. But even though we were soft launched, we didn't realize that there were still steps that hadn't been taken because this is an uh, entirely volunteer-based ministry that's in Tallahassee. But the National Alliance for Safe Families for Children recognized that we needed a little bit more help. So they they got a grant for salaries for people in the state of Florida. They hired a director for the state. They hired his assistant. They hired another person that's going to be doing the family coach supervisor position. And they've hired some people for Tallahassee specifically. We just had right. a new person that was hired as an intake specialist. So now we're starting to get those pieces from the National Alliance where they're putting it in place for us to be able to move forward without us having to figure out all of the roadblocks that so we're coming So there's some momentum out. happening now. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's got to be a tough, I mean, well, one thing is you never just have a, a conversation with Susan Colligan. It always becomes <laughs> something else where like now you're leading a ministry and now you're leading a movement and all these different things. Absolutely. So, so <laughs> the one common theme that I'm hearing from you is, you know, and I talked to Susan again and then this other opportunity showed up. It's, you know, if you, if anybody wants to start anything, <laughs> just have a conversation with Susan. Yes. Right? She has the gift. She yeah, can she's see got right the through you. <laughs> I think it's cool. I mean, you started off just, you sort of dipped your toe in the water and you're like, oh, this is interesting. And then you saw, thought, this is a great cause. I'm going to pray for this. I, I care about this. And then little by little, 
it became more and more of this desire to be a part of, you know, because I, and I think that's so great to hear because sometimes you think, well, this seems so big and what's my time commitment? I've got all these other things going on in your life. And, but you didn't start off going, I'm all in. You, you, you just little by little and conversation by conversation, it kind of grew. And, and that's probably going to be the experience for a lot of people who want to get involved with this. Absolutely. You know, you don't have to be all the way 100% in the beginning. It's, it's something that you can, if, you, if you're patient and, and you listen and you, and you, and you want to keep learning more, it's something that could really grow. Absolutely. And uh, so, you know, if, if you're talking, imagine if you're talking to somebody who, like, I, I have a heart for children, especially the vulnerable. How would you explain what Safe Families does to them? Sure. To get them interested and be like, hey, here's an opportunity. You know, if you have this concern or if you have this desire, this is what Safe Families is about. Sure. Safe Families for Children seeks to help families that are in crisis by taking a piece of their stressor out of their life. Okay. So... If you can think of a time that you were in crisis, and, and maybe never it's happened, but never hypothetically, happened. right? So yeah, there was a time that I was in crisis, and <laughs> I could tell you that my thought process was cloudy and yeah. foggy. I didn't make the best decisions right, for myself, right. and there were some decisions that I made during that time that I look back and think, "Wow, that is going to affect me for a long time." But imagine if I'd had a child in that mix. Mm. I'm, I'm foggy. I'm making bad decisions for myself. And now I'm making bad decisions for my child as well. If there had been a way, if that were my case, and I, there had been a way to take that stressor out of the mix so that I'm not thinking constantly about caring for my child and not being able to get care for myself, then that would change the situation dramatically. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help families take away one of their stressors and be able to focus on the thing that's really causing their, their crisis. So there are a lot of things that cause crisis in a family. There are um, external things like joblessness mm -hmm. and homelessness and even internal things like depression and um, medical needs. These things that are, are stressors for the family can escalate when the crisis occurs. But the underlying cause for all this crisis and not having somebody to care for their child is social isolation. So what mm. Safe Families does is it says, hey, we have a family. This is our church. We have moms and dads and sisters and brothers and aunts and uncles and grandparents. All of these people are going to be like your extended family, and we're inviting you into our church to be part of our family. So by taking in a child, that's exactly what we're doing. We're creating that extended family-like situation where that parent now has someone they can trust. This person's been vetted. They've had their background checks done. So the family knows they can trust the host family for their child and anyone that's coming in contact with their child. So now they're free to look for a job, look for an right. apartment. They're free to go into drug rehab or maybe even they've been arrested and they're going to be incarcerated and they don't have anybody to leave their child with. All of these things are 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 going to affect the rest of their child's life if they sure. make the wrong decision. So Safe Families just helps with that decision to make sure that they're making good, solid, healthy choices. So this is really, this is more than just for the kid. It's also for the, the parent. Absolutely. You know, if it's a single parent, if there's, if it's a home that's got a lot of stress, like you were saying, the stressors, you know, you're not just, you're, you're actually giving the whole family a new lease on life. Absolutely. You know, by allowing them to 
handle things while also knowing their kid is safe mm-hmm. and their kids in a, in a loving environment. And you, you t- so you're talking about placement a lot. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are the logistics of that? Like, how does placement work? What's that process like? Placement happens when a, when a family finds safe families for children. They can do that by a referral from an organization that's here in town, by an agency, by a church, by our website. All of these are ways that they can get connected to safe families. Then once they've asked for help, an intake specialist takes that information and then finds a host family that's in the area that can help that particular okay. family. Then as the placement continues, a child will stay in the home of whatever host family is available. And that can last anywhere from one day to one year, depending okay. on the need. Um, the average stay for a child in safe families is 45 days. 70% of the kids that come into care are under the age of five. So that also brings a wow. level of complexity to right, right. the type of hostings that are happening. There are family coaches that come into the home and visit every week and make sure that the child is integrating well into the home, that they have everything that they need, that the host family is in, in process with the child. They also go to, the family coaches also go to the placing family and help them develop a plan. How are you going to get out of your crisis? And then we have family friends who come alongside either the host family or the placing family, and they provide care either for the child or they provide mentorship for the parents. They might help with job placement or resume review, those kinds of things. The things that a lot of parents just don't know how to get that kind of help. So our family friends come alongside and provide that for them as well. Gotcha. So it's, yeah, that's, so it's very holistic. It is. You know, they're not just... It's not like just a daycare, right. you drop your kid off, like, you know, that family is getting people who, you know, maybe they don't have certain skills for certain things, but now it sounds like there are these, you call them family coaches. The family coach helps to develop a plan and the right. family friends help them to implement it. Okay, great. Wow. So that's, it's, it's really, so is the end goal that the, the child comes back to a better situation and the yes. family can... That's a that's a really that it, it, it's fascinating that when you think about you you kind of only think about there's foster care and adoption mm-hmm. but there's also, there's also multiple ways to care for kids because you said this is from a day to a year correct right but there's a, there there's so many different situations that this could help and there's so many different in between things between fostering or you know, straight up adoption, like there's many different ways and different needs. And it seems like Safe Families is filling a unique niche for, uh, for certain families. Absolutely. We think of it more of as a gap filler. I see. It's yeah, between yeah, yeah. that healthy family and the abusive family. Right. Where if we can get to the family before they become an abusive family, we might be able to change the trajectory so that they don't go into that direction where the state has to step in. Parents really do love their kids and they want to do what's best for them. And sometimes they need a little bit of help. Right. And if there isn't an agency or a ministry to step in and help them, then those children are on a path to at-risk areas and are becoming sure. more and more vulnerable. That's a, that's such a great practice. It's like a very practical mission statement. When you said you're, you're filling the gap, you know, it's a very uh, it's a very specific type of thing. You know, like we're, we're not we're, we're we're trying to just help these families be a family, 
you know, but sometimes they don't have the resources or the knowledge or the skills they need. And you guys fill the gap in more ways than just watching their kid. You're, you're helping them fill the gap in maybe things in their life. Because I'd have to imagine a lot of these families, it's probably generational stuff. They grew up in broken families and they came from broken families. And so this little, you know, piece of the puzzle that you guys are providing could really, who knows, it could change the trajectory of somebody's life. Absolutely. The whole family's life. That's an amazing thing. Um, you, so one of the things that that gets me thinking of is, you know, Four Oaks, like you've been trying to bring this to Four Oaks for a few years now. There's been a lot of uh, momentum happening recently. Can you talk about how Four Oaks specifically is involved with Safe Families? What are some of the exciting things that are coming down the pipeline? Sure. So Four Oaks Midtown is one of seven churches that are participating in our community. We also have Four Oaks Killar and Four Oaks East. I mean, I guess those are given. Right. Um, we also have Northwoods Baptist, okay. Thomasville Road Baptist, Woodland Hills, and Grace Church. And all of these churches are Baptist saying- Baptist showing up. Yeah, right? <laughs> all of these churches are saying that this is part of their mission to care for the fatherless. Even though these, right. these kids have parents, we see it as an extension of James 127. So we're partnering together to say that pure and undefiled religion before God is to care for the orphan and the widow. Right. And this is part of our ultimate calling as, as churches. So- as far as what we're doing at Four Oaks Midtown is we're saying that we are committed to raising volunteers, to raising funds, and to supplying the need in the city. So we are one of the many churches that are committed to this vision and to these ideals. Wow. So this, this is something that is a very local church-centric type thing. Absolutely. I guess it makes sense because... You're talking about people in the communities in which where we live, mm -hmm. families that, you know, live in our neighborhood or down the street or something like that. You never know what's going on. And so we want local churches to be involved with the local community. Is that a, is that a fair Absolutely. way to, to put it? This is a way that we can share the gospel with people who are right here in our community who may never walk into our church otherwise. So even if we're not bringing the the parents into our congregations, right. we are still sharing the love of Jesus with them just by caring right, for their right. children and by caring for them by being their family friend. So there are ways that we're still spreading the gospel, even if they don't walk into our church, but that is why we're in existence in Tallahassee and not somewhere else, right? We want to share the love of Jesus with Tallahassee. Right. So yes, this is an extension for sure of the mission of the church. And it's probably, you know, when you, when you talk about the situations for a lot of these families, they may not be able to go to a church or they've got so much chaos in their life. They can't come to your Bible study or they can't. But once they start to see you helping with some of their physical needs or their financial or whatever, you know, helping with their children, that is showing them the gospel in, in word and in deed. You know, you're, you're, you're showing them like we really do care about our neighbor. Absolutely. That's a, that's a powerful thing. And I love how you brought up James 127. Mm -hmm. That's a great, uh, it's kind of like, you know, if the apostle James shows up at a church, he'd be like, how are you guys doing? He'd be like, oh, we got, you know, small groups. We got, you know, a great sermon series. We got a great youth group. He's like, that's wonderful. But, you know, where are your widows and children? Let me, where are your widows and orphans? Let's mm -hmm. see how they're doing. And then we'll assess how your church right. is doing, you know? And this is a really practical way that all these churches, but, you know, because we're from Four Oaks Midtown, that we can be a part of, of, of that calling. Absolutely. Um, so obviously this is, this is volunteer driven. Yes. Right. So this is 
you know, something that's going to require a commitment. It's going to require sacrifice, which all things worthwhile doing are yes. going to require that, right? Um, what kind of volunteer roles are available? You know, what, can you give us an overview of that? Sure. So um, as I've mentioned, we have host families. I mean, I think that's the one that yeah. everybody's mind goes one. to. Yeah. Yes. So of course, that's going to be the largest commitment because you're bringing children into your home for an extended period of time, more than, you know, just a few hours. Um, and it can be a little bit daunting, yeah. but not everybody's going to be called to be a host family. So we have other opportunities that are vital and we need more people to step into those roles, such as the family friend, which provides childcare or transportation or bringing meals to the family or just hanging out with the host family and helping with dinner time and bedtime and things like that. And they also can serve with the, the placing family to help with mentorships, as I already mentioned. And then we also have the, the family coach. The family coach is a little bit more of kind of like a social worker. Okay. So they're the first point of contact for the family, and they are the go-between between the placing family and the host family. So they're helping not only the host family make sure that they have everything they need, but they're also making sure that the plan is in place and is being followed for the placing family. And we also have resource friends, which are people who are not in direct contact with children or the families, but they're just saying, hey, I have extra stuff. I have extra money. I have a way that I can serve. I can cut your grass. I can, you know, do things that you would otherwise have to pay someone for. Now you can put that money into caring for a child that's in your home. So resource friends are also vital. They can serve both the host family and the placing family. And we also need people to pray for us. We need prayer partners, people that are going to come alongside us and just be part of the ministry, maybe even quietly, but still very much vital to our ministry. We also are going to have a um, ministry lead team. So I'm the ministry lead for Forex Midtown. That's the the role, one of the roles I serve in. But we still need people who have communication skills, administration skills, people who can do counseling. One of the things that the ministry lead team will do after a placement ends is they'll do an after interview with the host family okay. to make sure that the host family is okay. Because right. I'm sure there's going to be things that are going to come up that are that might even need pastoral care. But if we have some people who are passionate about counseling and can ask good questions and help with that that process. The, those are the kinds of people that we're looking for behind the scenes. If you guys heard that bark in the background, that was uh, Susan Colligan's dog, Maya, <laughs> who was listening to Darlena's pitch for Safe Families. And apparently she really liked very, it. Yeah, she was all <laughs> on board. But uh, I mean, that dude, you just listed off so many different ways. So like many. Resource partners, family, friends, being somebody who uh, is, a, is a family coach. I mean, all of this, again, is it's so much more than just, you know, having the kid outside of a bad situation, although that's that's a huge part of it. It's again, you're trying to help families, you know, and Absolutely. that's, a, that's a, and there's, there's so many roles to be filled. But what, I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, let's say you're your family listening to this and you're interested. But like you were saying, it's, it's kind of daunting. A host family. What is that? What's that going to involve? How, 
What would you say to a, a family considering it, but maybe they're a little intimidated? How would you how would you explain this to them or, or talk to them? Sure. Um, that's a really great question. Uh, being a host family definitely is daunting because you need to have a home study. You need to have right. um, your home open to strangers. And that can be scary. It can seem really, really risky to invite strangers into your home and then say, I'm going to care for you as if you were my own. That, that's a risky thing to do. But I, I think that if you have a passion for keeping kids safe, that the risk is not outweighed by the reward, mm-hmm. that, that the reward is definitely a bigger factor in this than, than any risk that I might take. So even if a kid burned my house down, I would still say that if I save a kid, it was worth my house. Nothing is worth more than the life of a child hmm. and the, the soul of an individual. So if, if you take it out of the context of the here and now and think about the inter- eternal implications of what we're doing, I think that you'll find that the risk is worth it. So obviously with all these different needs you guys are meeting, um, talking about host families, all of these different ideas. I mean, when I heard about safe families, when I heard host families, one of the first things that popped in my mind was, Oh, like fostering or being a foster home. Um, but the more I hear you talk, it's it's not exactly that. So could you help, you know, kind of open up what's the difference between foster care, the traditional fostering sort of model, and what Safe Families is trying to accomplish? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, fostering is something that we see constantly, and we absolutely need Christian families to step out in faith and do that as well. So I am in no way saying that we shouldn't be doing fostering and that this is something that's um, better than or anything like that. Sure. It is definitely different because foster care is something that is state mandated. It means that a child has been removed from their home for cause, and that can be child abuse or neglect Whereas Safe Families is not mandated, this is a volunteer thing where parents are bringing their children into care. So they're asking for help. It's not like the state has to step in and remove a child. So in that sense, foster care is more of a reactive agency, whereas Safe Families is a proactive agency where we are are on the other side, we're, we're on the before anything bad has happened side of what could become a foster care situation. So foster care, once a child goes in, parent has to do a lot of work to get their child back. There are court cases. There mm. are all kinds of things that are happening that, that, that will affect that child. Whereas with safe families, there's no court cases. The parental rights are never terminated. Parents are bringing their ch- child into safe families and they can take their child home at any time. There's no restriction for that. That child remains theirs and in their custody, even though the child is in a different home with state families. And the rate of return for um, the child going back home for state families is at 95%. Really? 95%. Wow, that's incredible. So that means only 5% of the kids that come into safe families have a situation that actually gets them into state care or going into a a group home or with a family member or something like that. So only 5% of those kids are in a situation that's bad enough to warrant foster care. So we're we're in a good position to be able to prevent kids from having to go into foster care. We strengthen the family before the, the situation arises. And then because we're building relationships, and this is a very 
organic, authentic, building relationships kind of ministry is not just with the child that the host family is building a relationship. They're also building that relationship with the, the placing family. So when things go awry, the placing family already has a friend. They're no longer socially isolated. Right. They have someone they can contact. And, and I will say that in Leon County, foster care is probably one of the best I've ever heard of because they also have this kind of model where they want the the um, foster families to be integrated with the biological families as mm -hmm. much as possible. And they've had great success with that. And I mean, you can just see that foster care works a little bit differently in Leon County than in other places that mm -hmm. you might have heard of. But this is definitely something where we are building relationships. And that is that is a goal of Safe Families is to build relationships, not just to have a kid in your home. That's, I love how you put that, you know, you said foster care is, it's reactive. They're responding mm -hmm. to a bad situation that's happened. Right. But say families, it's, it's preventative, mm -hmm. you know, and like you were saying, it, it's, that is a great distinction. They're not com competing. They're just two, they're filling two different needs. Absolutely. And it sounds like say families is saying we want to, before it becomes a bad situation, have them not socially isolated, have a support system around them. And uh, there's something, I mean, that's cool. I mean, these are people doing this out of the love of their heart. You know, they're doing this because it's totally volunteer based. And it's something that, like you were saying, I mean, I, I can only imagine your family, yeah, you know, and, and you, you have your child placed temporarily and you're trying to get your life together. And then you get reunited with your child, 95%. That's amazing. But then I'd imagine, like the, you're saying, those, those organic relationships don't just go away. Even though right. you may not be watching their child, you're still going to be that family's friend and have them over dinner, go to their place for dinner. And, and that's that's a lifelong relationship. Absolutely. So it's so, it's organic and it's 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 person to person. There, there's, a, there's something very powerful about that that I can hear you explaining that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and people can really get involved with and see change in a really tangible way. Absolutely. I would love to see one more family from our church to step out as a host family. Gotcha. And in order to do that, you need to have a circle of support. So you need to have those people around you that are your family friends and your resource friends, the people who are going to walk alongside you during that process. So this might look like a community group saying, this family is going to be a host family and we're going to be their circle of support and we're going to do it for one year. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could just say we're going to do it for one child for up to one year and make a difference in that one child's life. So if we could just get one, one family to step out and say, this is something that we feel God is calling us to and that we're willing to take the step and we have people to take that step with us, that, that would be the ideal thing to see. And I would love to, for people to pray that God would send that person, that family. Wow. So we just, so we, we need one family. We need them to have a good support group. And I guess, and that's where it starts. Mm -hmm. You know, it just starts with one and then maybe two and four more next year or something like that. Exactly. And, and who knows what could happen 10 years down the line from just these humble, you know, little beginnings. Absolutely. Well, you've obviously given a lot of great information and this is just a very, Sounds like a very well put together idea, very well put together system. There's all these moving parts and a lot of things that you're coordinating. Um, are there any resources that you could recommend uh, just for families or for people who are listening to this, who are interested in being host family, being a, part, a family coach, or just, just good resources that helped you really wrap your mind around 
uh, the needs and the ways to meet these needs that we're seeing. Absolutely. My first recommendation is The Gospel Comes with a House Key by Rosaria Broderfield. It is an excellent book to tell you what it looks like to ex- exhibit biblical hospitality. And it gives a lot of different ways that you might be able to open your home. Safe Families would just be one of them. And she does mention Safe Families. She did participate in Safe Families at one point, but she's an adoptive mother. She's also been a foster mother. Hmm. So it's just an excellent book all around if you're thinking about opening your home. Also, I would say if you're looking for a sermon, one of the best sermons that I've heard that has really helped shape my heart is a sermon by Tony Moretta. Yeah. I think that's Tony Marita, yeah. Awesome. And it's called 21 Ways to Care for the Fatherless. And that's on the Gospel Coalition. We'll have a link for that in the show notes as well. And I've also been listening to a podcast that's been really helpful called Think Orphan. And mm. it's just about all kinds of fatherless children, not, not just orphans, but also foster care. And they don't, of course, mention safe families, but I think it's also a useful resource to be able to hear what's happening in the world of orphan care and to help shape one's heart and, and see whether or not this is something that God is leading you into. Well, that's a great uh, list of resources. Thank you for that, Darlene. Thank you for coming on and just talking about this. Hopefully this gets people excited, at least, or at least very curious about how Four Oaks Midtown can be a part of this and, and ways that families in our congregation get involved. Um, what, are, what are some practical, what, what's a good way for people to get connected to Safe Families at Four Oaks? Great question. You can email me. You can find me on um, the hub, if you go to the hub and you click on the Safe Families for Children link and you fill out that form, it's going to come directly to my email address. Okay. And then I'll be able to contact you directly to give you more information. I would be happy to have a coffee with you or we can do a Zoom call, whatever is more comfortable for you right now. And I would be happy to connect with you on just a, a personal level to find out where you are, what you're thinking about and help you through that journey as well. That sounds great, Darlene. Again, thank you for coming on. Again, check our show notes. We'll have all the links there for you. And even if you're just curious, if if you just want to learn more, you know, for Darlena, it started with a simple conversation with Susan and it grew into so much more. Maybe that can happen for you. There's no need for, you don't have to figure out all the commitments now. Just have the conversation, see where it goes and be open to it. And and who knows what God could do through it. Absolutely. Thanks, Brian. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening.